0: Wonder, 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 wonder. Yo, Mitch, what's up, man? It's Greg Smith, the Rhino, former NBA player, NBC legend. Losing the ball, Smith has it.
1: Hudson's bounce pass to Greg Smith! Puts it down! Who's afraid of that big bad wolf?
0: I want to shout out to the halftime basketball community former Syracuse basketball player.
1: Meta World Peace Pipe, what's going down? It's
0: the Big Baller, baby, yeah. I want to give a shout out to the halftime community from the Big Baller himself. That's right, you guys keep it right. Ted, keep doing your thing, because Big Baller brand is in the building, and you know how we gets down. another edition of the halftime community podcast no news is good news in the nba the playoffs are rounding into form we've got the play-in games this year something to look forward to so seeds 1 through 10 will be active in the playoffs let's look at the eastern conference as the eastern conference is pretty much locked in 1 through 10 as of now number one we've got the philadelphia 76ers taking the top seed brooklyn nets coming in at number two milwaukee bucks coming in at number three Big surprise if you were to go before the season and look for the playoff teams. The New York Knicks taking that number four spot. Number five, we've got the Atlanta Hawks playing really well as of late, quietly under the radar playing really well. Number six, the Boston Celtics. Meh. Number seven, Miami Heat. Meh. Well, Jimmy Butler did say just get him to the playoffs and he'll do the rest, so let's see it, Jimmy. Number eight, We've got the Charlotte Hornets, got LaMelo Ball back. A little bit more exciting things going on in Charlotte now. Number nine, Indiana Pacers. And number 10, we've got the Washington Wizards, Brody and Bradley Beal bringing up the rear there. Out west, it does get a little bit more exciting, a little bit more spicy. Number one, we've got the Utah Jazz. The Phoenix Suns could technically take that one spot for them. It's going to be either the Phoenix Suns or the Utah Jazz. They're going to finish one and two. Denver Nuggets, a lot of people expected them to fall out, maybe get a 5 or a 6 seed or even slide to the play-in game after Jamal Murray's injury, they've done the exact opposite, 8 and 2 in their last 10. Los Angeles Clippers, number 4 seed, we'll finally get to see hopefully healthy Kawhi, healthy Paul George in the playoffs. Number 5, Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks bringing in that 5 seed. Number 6, sliding a little bit, the Los Angeles Lakers. But if they have healthy LeBron, healthy AD in the playoffs, I'm just not betting against them, even if they do slide to that play-in game. Number seven, Portland Trail Blazers. Number eight, Memphis Grizzlies playing well as of late. JJJ coming back. They've got John Morant playing really well. Number nine, we've got the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry. The Steph Curry experience. And number 10, as of right now, is the san antonio spurs but they are on a five game losing streak and the new orleans pelicans are hot on their tail so it could be new orleans or it could be san antonio sacramento kings worth noting as well they have an outside shot there today. a couple games behind those two i don't see the sacramento kings making that late season push although they are on a winning streak as of late probably going to be new orleans or san antonio to claim that 10th spot in the play-in game all right folks we're doing something a little bit different this week it's almost playoff time something that always comes into my mind around playoff time in the nba is what separates those top tier teams those contenders those real contenders away from the pretenders the teams that are maybe just sneaking into the playoffs but aren't quite ready to make that jump to the finals so i'm going to do something where i'm going to break down these players individually Um, A lot of different players here I'm going to name. I'm going to stir some fans up, I'm sure. But are you a superstar? That's one tier. Are you a star? That's another tier. Or are you a role player? That's another tier. And how do I see superstar? Superstar, I would say, if I had to boil it down to simple terms, I'm not putting numbers caps on any of these. Because numbers are so subjective and it really depends on what kind of team you're surrounded by. Um, So, I'm not necessarily putting numbers on these things or looking at all the advanced stats and seeing what their impact is. It's a mix of advanced stats, impact, and then the biggest takeaway for a superstar to me is always if I put you on the Oklahoma City Thunder, I'm gonna use the Thunder for argument's sake here because they're towards the bottom of the league. If I were to take you away from your current team, and put you on the Oklahoma City Thunder, would you be able to shift them from a bottom of the lottery team all the way to the playoffs? Not necessarily a title favorite with just that one player swap, but would you be in the playoffs at the very least? That's another big test for me when I look at these superstars compared to stars and role players. So let's jump straight into it. And another important note about these players and some of the players I left out, if they're already past their prime, I'm not including them. So guys like Draymond Green, Kyle Lowry, uh, Gordon Hayward. I'm not necessarily naming them here. Um, this is going forward and where they're at in their career now. So it's a mix of the potential with younger guys like Lomelo and Zion. And then also what they are now. So I'm going to get straight into it. Let's start off with the bona fide superstars. Really no argument here for some of these guys. We got Chris Paul. Should be top five in MVP voting this year. Everywhere he's gone, he's improved the situation around him, and I think that's a real big mark of a superstar. Never had the huge numbers um, that'll really blow you away. Besides the assist, he did average over 20 points a few times in his career, but he's point god. He's a point god for a reason. So Chris Paul, bona fide superstar. Next up, we got Zion Williamson. He's a force of nature. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be a longevity thing with Zion. He might not have the long career like a guy like LeBron James or Chris Paul, which we just mentioned, but when he is on top of his game, I'd suspect him to have a run kind of like Sean Kemp, a four to five year run where he's just a force of nature. He's one of the best players in the league. Zion is definitely a legitimate superstar. Next up, this one's going to be a little bit controversial, but I've got Kyrie Irving as a superstar i I just think when he's on the court if you take off take out the off the court stuff he is still one of the best point gods in the league he can handle it he can score he can pass the ball he can really do it all and i've seen him do it in the playoffs so i'm not worried about him getting it done in the playoffs hitting big shots in the playoffs he's already done that next up we got one of the two-headed monsters in la anthony davis he is still a superstar to me People have forgot about him because he's been injured and he's kind of been sidekick to LeBron the past couple years in LA, but that dude is a monster. If you put him on any team, and for example's sake, if you put him on the Thunder, he's going to average ridiculous numbers, 25 and 15, something crazy like that. He's just that skilled of a big man. AD, legitimate superstar. Next up, a little bit controversial here. I don't know if any everybody's going to agree with this one, but Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler I have as a legitimate superstar, largely based like Chris Paul. He's not always going to have the hugest numbers in the league. He's not going to make the biggest impact on advanced metrics, but when he's on the court, there's no denying him. He is just the dog. He's got the alpha dog mentality, and we saw him with the heat last year carry them all the way to the finals. Of course, he has help around him, but Jimmy Butler, no matter what team he goes to, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to make an impact in the win column. Next up, Dame Time. Dame Lillard, Portland Trail Blazers. I really don't need to say too much here. Dame has just been on fire since he got in the league. It is Dame Time wherever Dame Lillard is. Next up, we got the MVP this year. I don't think anybody can deny he's really the MVP this season. Joel Embiid fans, I see you. I really love Joel Embiid's game too, but this this year's award is Nikola Jokic. I mean, he is the MVP. There's really no argument there. Next up, let's do a little two-for-one here. We've got the other two heads of the three-headed monster in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant, Land of the Snakes, we all know what it is. Again, some off-the-court stuff, not everybody's a fan of, but one of the smoothest offensive players to ever touch the court. And then same thing with James Harden. Say what you will about him, you know he's not a winner, blah blah blah, playoffs, blah blah blah. We'll see you this year if he gets healthy for the playoffs, I think we'll see him make a run in the playoffs, make some big shots, have some big games. James Harden, legitimate superstar, he's going to put up numbers no matter where he is. Next up, we've got Joel Embiid. I mentioned him earlier in the MVP race, he would be my number two in the MVP race right now. Um, really respect what Joel Embiid's done this season, he's been relatively healthy compared to the rest of his career. Offensive and defensive monster, last of a dying breed of those low post centers. Um, so Joel Embiid, legitimate superstar. Steph Curry, really no nothing that needs to be said here. We know what Steph Curry is. He's a bomber. He's changed the game forever. He is Steph Curry. He's a legitimate superstar. Luka Doncic, future of the NBA. Some people say he's overrated, whatever. Luka's game really speaks for himself. You know, he's got that James Harden mentality. He's going to control the game at all times. High usage rate, but he's going to impact the W column and impact his personal numbers no matter where he goes. Luka Doncic, one of the brightest superstars in the league. Then we've got Kawhi Leonard, just a winner. He's a dog. He's not going to come out in the media and say a lot. We all know that. He's a fun guy. We all know that. But Kawhi Leonard, legitimate superstar. We'll see him in the playoffs again this year. I'm excited to see him go head-to-head against LeBron maybe in the playoffs again. And that brings us to LeBron. Still, when healthy, he's the best overall player in the league, and that's crazy to say at 36 years old. And then the last one that's the obvious superstar would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. Back-to-back MVP awards. I believe he'll be in the top five or so, top five or six in MVP voting this year. Probably deserves a little bit more love, given the numbers and consistency, but a little bit of voter fatigue. But no doubt in my mind, Giannis is a superstar for years to come. Rub your hands together, folks. All right, this is where it starts to get a little bit spicy. We've got some players that you probably noticed I didn't mention that you may be thinking of in that superstar realm. We're going to talk about some superstars that are kind of controversial here before we move over to stars and stars that may be controversial that you think should be superstars. All right, so controversial superstars that some people may consider just stars. I'm going to start out with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum to me, remember he's only 19, just ask Bill Simmons, he's only 19 still. Jason Tatum, I think he is a legitimate superstar. People compare him to Kobe, he's definitely not there yet. He's not. Yeah, I'd say he's borderline top 10 in the league, maybe top 15 to be safe. But he is a legitimate superstar. I think if you put him in any system, he's going to be able to put up 25 points a game, impact the win column no matter where he goes. Not necessarily to the highest level of guys like Giannis and LeBron, Um, that are on the top top tier but he is that lower tier of superstar. Next up after that another one that's a little bit controversial I have Donovan Mitchell as a controversial superstar here. I really just love his overall game he can run the point if needed he's not necessarily a point guard but he can be a primary ball handler when needed and we've seen. How he can just lead a team in the playoffs he can score points in the playoffs he's already shown me that and i'm looking forward to seeing more of that this postseason he can lead a team in the playoffs like the utah jazz all right next up another controversial one john morant and a lot of that is projecting what john morant is going to be but we've already seen flashes he just needs to get a little bit more consistent but i do have john morant as a superstar he's made a huge impact in memphis are already in that playoff chase again the lower tier playoff teams in the west but every time jaw is on the floor you know he's making an impact whether it be on offense defense if he only scored two points in a game but they got the win I legitimately believe John ja Morant would be happy as long as they win and that's that can't be said for every player in the league next up this one is going to be super spicy for a lot of people, but I am on I'm on the Kyle Anthony Towns bandwagon now. I, I was off it for a while. People were saying, you know, he, maybe he can't impact the wind calm. The Timberwolves aren't this. The Timberwolves have never done this since he's been there. Keep in mind, he's never had a legit supporting cast around him or a legit coach in place for multiple years. They did have Tibbs up there for a couple years, and the whole Jimmy Butler thing, him and Jimmy Butler butted heads. It never quite worked out. They did make it to the playoffs, I, w- I do want to note, um, with that Tibbs and Jimmy Butler and Carlo Anthony Towns team. Um, but I do want to note that for players, that, for people that say he can't win just go back to his college days in Kentucky. He is one of the best players in the league, I believe, and he's on that top tier big man. So guys like Jokic, Embiid, if you content if you considered Giannis a big man, I'd put him up there as well, right right up there with Cap. carl Anthony Towns, legit superstar. And then we have LaMelo Ball. Now, I've been on the LaMelo train. I was waffling back and forth whether I was going to put him as a star or a superstar. Again, he's a guy like Chris Paul. I'd expect when he sort of settles into his career, kind of have the Jason Kidd, Chris Paul stat line. Um, He's not necessarily going to put up 25 points a game. In fact, I think this season that he's having now may be one of the highest point per game averages he ever has in his career. But every time he touches the ball, he's going to make an impact. He's going to be one of the most fun players on the court to watch no matter what game he's in. He's going to be a legit superstar. Fans are going to love this guy. If you haven't gotten a chance to watch LaMelo Ball live in action, uh, I would recommend you do catch him on League Pass sometime. That rounds out superstars. That is the end of the line for the superstars. So I'm going to get into some controversial guys that were on the brink of superstardom. First up, Russell Westbrook. I went back and forth with this one a lot. He is a triple-double machine. He's always going to go hard no matter where he is. I believe that. And people say, you know, he's a stat patter. There's some truth to that, I believe. But then also, you know, you think if getting triple doubles were that easy, wouldn't just every player in the league be doing it, especially players on bad teams that weren't necessarily looking to win every game? Wouldn't more players be doing that? Um, So it's not as easy as it seems. Russell Westbrook, to me, though, just a little bit past his prime. A couple of years ago, I would have said superstar, but now he's a star. Next up, Ben Simmons. He's going to be a star for me, not a superstar, and I'm a big Ben Simmons fan, so this one hurts me to the core. I believe he is the defensive player of the year this year, Um, but overall, his offensive game is just too limited. If he were more like Giannis and he could be more of a volume scorer from inside, I would probably vault him up to superstar, but Ben Simmons is what he is at this point. He may have a game where he scores 30 points or he may have a game where he scores four points. You just never know what you're gonna get. Depends on what kind of defense they throw at him. Next up, Trey Young. Hawks fans don't hate me for this one. I'm just not sure Trey Young is on that superstar level yet. We'll see him in the playoffs this year, so we'll get a little bit of a closer look at him. But I just don't believe that Trey Young's game is gonna translate to the playoffs. He's just too small. He hasn't crafted his offensive in-between game enough yet. Um, he's still jacking up 40 foot three, so we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Maybe he can change my mind here. But Trey Young, I don't see him as someone that's gonna lead a team to a championship. Next up, Jamal Murray. Injury, everybody knows what happened this year, but I'm going pre injury Jamal Murray. Um, even with before the injury thrown into account, I would still say Jamal Murray is a star, not a superstar. He can, a lot like Trey Young, have those nights where he goes off for 50 points and 10 assists and you're like, this guy's one of the best players in the league. But then he's going to have nights where he scores 12 points and you didn't even know he was out there. So he just needs to get more consistent on both ends, a lot like Trey Young. Another ball you can score here, we've got Devin Booker. And I really love Devin Booker's game. I think he's one of the best offensive players in the league we have right now. So I'm going to put Devin Booker and Bradley Beal in this same territory here. Um, I believe they're kind of interchangeable. I love both their offensive games. But I don't believe they're enough to take a team over the top without help. So guys like Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. I'm going to throw Zach Levine in the same category as well throw them in here as stars with superstar potential at times they just need to get a little bit more consistent on both ends playoff p can't forget playoff p i've got paul george as a star he's still a star in my eyes he's gonna show that one two punch in the playoffs with Kawhi leonard so we'll get to see a little bit more of him maybe he gets a redemption tour here Um, he did have a few seasons where he was borderline in the mvp conversation top three in the mvp conversation so you got to respect the man paul george is still a star then a couple of picks that I have sort of on the same tier here. I've got Jalen Brown on that star tier. I also have CJ McCollum on that star tier. Both offensively, they can be great. But defensively, they're not the best in the world. They need to get more consistent on that end. Maybe they never will. So those are guys who are going to be stars. Probably end up with multiple all-star appearances in their career. But they're never going to be all NBA material to me. So I would classify them as stars, not superstars. I mentioned Jason Tatum earlier, and I did not mention his running mate Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown to me is on that star tier, a lot like Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. He may very well end up with two or three all-star appearances in his entire career, but he's not enough to get you over the hump. He's not that superstar, that one piece you're going to trade for and change the trajectory of your entire organization. I can't leave out the big man though. haven't mentioned very many big man of lately. I'm going to mention one of my favorite guys in the league. Bam Adebayo, definitely a star to me. He's going to be a monster on both ends. Not necessarily the widest range of offensive game in the world, but he can put up numbers. When you give him the ball, he can run a little point forward for you. Same thing with DeMontis Sabonis. Need to see more consistency out of him. He was in that MVP early season sort of discussion with guys like Julius Randle, who I'm going to talk about in just a second here. Um, DeMontis Sabonis, he can definitely... Go a little bit higher up on this list as well as bam out of bio but we just need to see how their careers turn out can they be team players can they be those all-around players for longer in their careers so on that note, julius randall nicks fans don't get mad at me but he is a star to me right now he's not a superstar i love julius randall's game i love the improvements he's made we'll need we'll just need to see more and the playoffs could tell us more about him but right now i have him as a star So you give and you take. I gave you Jazz fans Donovan Mitchell as a superstar, but I'm gonna take away Rudy Gobert as a superstar here. I am definitely not a Rudy Gobert truther. He is a star to me. He's got that elite skill, one of the best rim protectors of all time, if not the best rim protector of all time. But I just don't love his perimeter defense's switchability, especially in today's NBA, when guards and forwards are dribbling outside on the perimeter even more than ever. He's just not able to defend as well on the perimeter he can get those chase down blocks and blocks from behind if need be but i've seen too many games where guys like dorian finney smith have lit him up and been able to game plan around rudy gobert just by taking him outside the paint so rudy gobert superstar to me no but star to me yes he's got that elite skill rounding out the stars for me i have a few names here sga he plays in Oklahoma City, so and he played in Los Angeles for the Clippers before they sort of um, grabbed Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He was actually part of those moves to bring in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, so he got shipped off to Oklahoma City, but quietly, he's been one of the best all-around players in the league, one of the best young players in the league. Not quite ready to put him on that superstar tier, but I could see him there in a few years. Just need to see how he performs with a better supporting cast around him. And that is very similar to me to a guy in Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox. Not necessarily ready to put him on that superstar tier. I need to have a little bit more team success, but he hasn't had the best supporting cast or coaching staff around him. Um, Similar to Cat, he's had a rotating cast, a supporting cast around him. So with Tyrese Halliburton there with some young talent there now, Buddy Heald, um, let's see what he can do next year. I would definitely love to see him in that superstar tier. Same tier of guys like John ja Morant, Chris Paul as those premier point guards in the league. I'm ready to put him up there, but I just need to see more consistency, more in the W column. So that is going to round out the star category for me. If you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, you may have noticed I left someone off that list. Colin Sexton. This one's going to be an unpopular opinion, I think, but Colin Sexton to me I just, I'm not ready to put him on that star category. He puts up the numbers, he's a volume scorer, but I'd love to see more out of him. I don't think his teammates necessarily love playing with him. He's always gonna play hard, but he's gonna take a bulk of the shots, and defenders know that as well. So, a star to me is a guy that if he were the number two or a number three on a team with a really good superstar, another star attached, could lead a team to the finals, a uh Jimmy Butler last year and Bam Adebayo, that would be the best case scenario. I just don't see that out of Colin Sexton yet, need to see a little bit more out of him. Right now he's a role player for me, he can be your number 3 or number 4 if you're really trying to win a championship. Another guy in that same category, Christian Wood, I don't want to leave him out of this list, but Christian Wood to me, role player, haven't seen enough out of him, he's had injury troubles his entire career. And he's put up numbers, he's put up stats uh, last year in Detroit, and then this year in Houston. But again, those are on teams that aren't going anywhere, so someone has to put up those numbers. I'd love to see him on a contending team and see what he can do, but right now, Christian Wood is gonna be a role player for me. Two guys in Toronto as well. Fred VanVleet, didn't mention him yet. Uh, Having some poor shooting struggles this year, poor shooting numbers, a lot going wrong in Toronto this year. Pascal Siakam, same thing. I'm not sure they're necessarily stars in this league. They may end up at the end of their careers with one or two all-star appearances, but at their peak, I really just think they're best used as role players. Another one, Jeremy Grant. Saw him on the move this offseason. He's going to be talked about for most improved player. A lot of that, again, is due to volume. Um, He's in Detroit with not a lot of talent around him. Somebody's got to put up the shots. I'd love to see some more consistent shooting numbers out of him. And just one more season of consistency, and then I'll put him in that star category. Very last player I'm going to mention is Malcolm Brogdon. I love Malcolm Brogdon's game. He just goes about his business. His nickname is the president because he's just so efficient in what he does. He doesn't create a lot of off-the-court drama or anything like that. But right now, I'm going to put Malcolm Brogdon as a role player, borderline star, but it's still a role player. I think if he's the third or fourth best player on your team, um, You're looking pretty good going into the playoffs. But if he's your first or second option, you're not necessarily going to be going very far. Woo! It's a marathon, not a sprint, boys and girls. So that is going to round out my ratings for me. If I didn't mention a player or I missed a player, my bad. Put my hand up, you know, tap my helmet. My bad. But it is what it is. I think it's important to sort of have these things in your mind, especially going into the playoffs as far as what teams can step up and what players are gonna make that leap from star to superstar and vice versa. Pacers just, trying just, to win. Let's be patient. Let's be patient. Sabonis. McDermott. Let it go. Brogdon for three. Let Got it, go. it!
1: Malcolm Brogdon! And the Pacers lead by two. That's what I'm saying.
0: All right. Well, I'm here with B Snoozy, aka Brandon Kerr. Uh why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Just tell them. Who you're a fan of? What kind of players? What kind of teams you're a fan of? Just give us a basic introduction.
1: Yeah, um, my name's Brandon. Uh, go by Snoozy on most uh platforms. And uh, yeah, I I've been an OKC fan ever since, you know, even probably that last year even when they were in Seattle. Um, <clears throat> huge Westbrook guy. Uh, he's probably my all-time favorite. And uh, yeah, that's you know, and I know a lot about the
0: NBA and I follow it pretty religiously and. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, that took away my first question. I was gonna ask <laughs> about the origins of the OKC Thunder fandom. If you were a Supersonics fan that sort of transitioned over to the Thunder, or if you just picked up the Thunder whenever they started. But I think you kind of answered that already.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I can. Uh, I can probably go a little bit deeper on that. I mean, I. Uh, I was. A, I've always been a fan of basketball. I mean, I. I started playing when probably when I was in like first grade. So, um, you know, I've always been around it and, you know, I just, I didn't really have a team around that time. I just kind of started, you know, I always watched and stuff. And then I I was big Durant guy when he was at Texas. Um, and then I was, he was just amazing there. And, you know, they drafted him in Seattle and he played that one year. And, uh, and then, you know, they transitioned into, uh, Oklahoma city. And then here comes Westbrook. And then I watched him I'm like, Oh my God, like this guy's Um, and I just fell in love there and then when that finals really uh that first finals like that was that was pretty awesome like even though they lost
0: but I mean that's that's kind of what started it all. Yeah you definitely pretty blessed for a small market team to have (laughs) Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and a young James Harden all on the same team at the same time. Oh yeah that's
1: I mean is there another team that's drafted like three former MVPs, like that's that's kind of crazy and you know to, it's kind of hard, sad cuz like you think about that and it's like they didn't want a title like <laughs> what happened here like you know but it kind of fell apart and you know but that's all right i mean but yeah that's that's why i'm also kind of excited for the future now because you know we have all these picks and you know shay's going to be a great player i think and you know, we usually hit on our picks when we're up in the lottery, so i'm I'm pretty excited,
0: yeah, that that's a perfect transition. I was gonna ask you, um the thoughts on the current plan for the Oklahoma City Thunder it, They're definitely in full tank mode. They kind of got pushed off a year from the tank mode because they traded for Chris Paul last year. and it was I remember at the time when they first did that trade, uh, everybody saw Chris Paul's age and they were just thinking, you know, he's just going to play out the play out the stretch here and they're not going to be very good, but Chris Paul will at least give the fans someone to watch. And then it ended up, you know, they won 50 plus games and Chris Paul did his thing and kind of resurrected his late career. Um, So what are your thoughts on the current plan of just full tank mode? Where are they at with that?
1: Yeah. um, I, I'm really excited about our future. Um, I personally, I don't like tanking Um, when, you know, Philly was starting that whole trend. I, I, you know, I'm not. I like going for real. Like we're gonna be serious. We're gonna try to win, even if we suck. Like I, I don't like tanking, but I mean that's kind of the way you got to do it now to um, you know, get in, get your draft picks high and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I'm. Presty has done a great job. I, you know, this is the way you're gonna rebuild. I mean, we've seen teams like Minnesota and Detroit, like they, they've been in this spot for like, you know, years. But, you know, I mean, think about the Paul George trade. Like, we got, what, like four or five draft picks plus SGA and Gallinari. Like, I mean, that that was cra- – Like, that was he helped us so much because we got our young star. I mean, you got all these picks you can either trade or use on, you know, guys that are coming out. And, you know, it's just – he's done a great job, and I think we're doing it the right way. I mean, we have so many picks. Um, You know, maybe we'll end up getting Cade. I think he and Shea would be, like, a great combination, especially in the backcourt. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited.
0: Um, all these, you know,
1: so I, it's, I really think we're doing it the right way.
0: Yeah. So Sam Presti, you mentioned him. So I looked it up and it, and you know, he's stockpiling all these draft picks. They have 34 draft picks, um, through 2027. So that's all the way through 2027. Most of those being first round picks because in the NBA, Second round picks, you know, they are what they are. Sometimes you get lucky and you get Nikola Jokic when everybody's right. passed on him, including <laughs> yourself in the first round, or yep. sometimes you get a guy that just never ends up playing in the NBA. So I, I really like to look at first rounders more for that. And they have 18 first rounders through 2027. So he's definitely doing a good job of stockpiling as many draft picks as he can. Um, while keeping his high draft picks. What do you think about Sam Presti overall? Um, I, I, I tend to think maybe he's just a little bit overrated until, you know, maybe they, they make something of all these draft picks that they have. Cause he did have Kevin Durant. He did have James Harden who they could have resigned, but they ended up, you know, shipping out to Houston. And then he did have Russell Westbrook and they didn't win a title, but I know a lot of people are on the Sam Presti bandwagon. Um, are you as well?
1: Yeah, I'll, uh I, this is a good one. um I th- I think he's one of the best in the league as far as GMs. Now, I know the Harden thing was kind of, I mean, I think they decided to pay Ibaka that year um, and all that. But, I mean, just for not us winning a title, I don't think it's on him because if you think about it, I mean, we drafted all those guys, Durant, Russ, Harden. We drafted them, put a great team together. It didn't work out. Harden left. We still had KD and Russ. You know, we got – I, Adams was like a lottery pick. I think at 12, um, you know, he drafted Sabonis, uh, he made the trade for Oladipo, you know, we bring in PG and Melo for that, you know, short stint. It's he's, he always does a great job of putting a team together that can compete. Um, it's just, I think, I don't know why we always get to that, you know, you know, that three, one comes to mind, you know, it's like, you, there's your chance to get back and, you know, I, that's not on him. I mean, obviously they choked pretty good and ended up losing and that Warriors team was great. Um, but you know, he always puts together a great team, uh, whether, I mean, cause if you think about the beginning, like I said, you know, the three guys and then, you know, it was just Durant and Ross, Ross sorry, uh, Russ. And then, you know, Durant leaves and he brings in Oladipo and Sabonis and we got Adams. um, you know and then once that was done we traded for Paul George and then you get Melo and you know PG was looking on getting MVP he he puts together a competitive roster but for some reason i guess you know they can't get over the hump or whatever it is but you know he drafts well he makes great trades he doesn't ever get fleeced on a deal usually um you know i i love the guy i i hope he's here for a long time
0: yeah, for a small market team, uh, you could definitely do a lot worse than Sam Presti. Just ask Timberwolves fans, ask you know, <laughs> some fans of some other squads out there who have been fumbling the bag for years. Um, you mentioned SGA a little bit earlier. So SGA and Lou Dort are definitely the two you know kind of shining stars that they look to for the future. But at some point, uh, as goes the NBA – you're going to have to pay those guys. So would you be in favor of doing like a full, full reset and letting one or two of those guys go? um, So you'd save more money for a potential veteran free agent or all those, when you get all those draft picks in, or would you try to keep both those guys, pay them the money that they're going to deserve when it ends up um, time for their contracts?
1: Yeah, um, that's a great question. I uh, with Shea, I you gotta give him whatever. Um, he's I really think he's gonna be a superstar in this league. Um, and this year especially, you know, team when he was playing, um, teams were just, you know, defending him as hard as they could and sending everybody at him because he was the only guy we had, and he was still shooting like amazing. He was I think he was hitting like over forty percent of threes, um, and you know fifty from the from the field and you know, defenses were keying in on him. So I think him, he's going to be a superstar. You got to pay him uh, no matter what. Now with Dort, he's, he, I think his numbers are a bit inflated. Like, you know, he's been on a run recently where I think he had like a, he's had like one forty point game and maybe a 30 point game. And, you know, he's been over 20, but I think that's a little inflated um, because we're tanking and he's, he's kind of been doing everything, like having the ball in his hands and having to shoot. Cause you know, we, you know, our roster is full of nobodies, but for me, he, you know, and he may, you know, you know how the NBA goes sometimes, you know, they put out this, like, one guy will get paid, and then that sets the market, and then, you know, it'll be like an overpaid situation, but to me, he's, Dord is more of a, he's going to be a good three and D player when it's all, you know, when we have our roster set, I don't think he's going to be, like, you know, a big-time scorer or something like that, he just, you know, he may, he may uh, garner a little bit of money, but I don't think it'll be as, uh, you know, too much to where we can't put a team around him. So I think, you know, I think we got to try to keep those two guys for sure. And, you know, the other guys on the roster, you know, right now, like Baisley, I think he has a chance. I don't love him, but uh, he's still young and he's got a chance to get it together. Maladon, I actually like a little bit. You know, he's shown me a little bit of flashes that I like you know so i mean and moses brown is he came on a little bit this year as well so you know i don't think any of those guys other than Shea, are going to be you know garnering any big time checks but i think you definitely have to pay shay and you know if if Dort's market just gets too high then you might have to let him walk but i i think he's going to be a three
0: and d player on the wing so i don't think he'll garner too much money but yeah yeah, I definitely agree there. Um you mentioned a few names that I was going to mention as well. Moses Brown being one of them. Um Moses Brown is just a giant individual. If I remember watching him <laughs> yeah. uh, in the McDonald's All-American game, I just happen I I don't really keep up with, you know, high school prospects too much, but I'll watch oh, yeah. like the McDonald's High School All-American game and just kind of keep up on some of the prospects that way. And I remember watching that a few years ago. I turned it on and I was just like This guy's, like, not the best player on the court, but he's just a giant individual. And then I watch him in the NBA, and he's still a giant individual amongst giant individuals. So, yeah. And if he can continue working on his game, he might be someone that you can keep around, not necessarily have to pay a ton of money, but developmental, big man. And then everybody's favorite, Poku. What have you seen out of Poku this year? Oh, man. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's—Poku— I. I, when we drafted him, I had no idea who he was. And then I was trying to, you know, do some looking up and stuff like that. And I got to tell you, I'm not excited about him. Um, He, at the beginning of the year, he was, he was God awful. I mean, he would just stand back there, jack up threes, brick after brick. And I'm like, Oh my God, who is this guy? And then, you know, you know, those hometown, you know, uh, announcers, they were always like, you know, he's the coaches love him, he's gonna be great and all this. And I'm like, I don't see any like he doesn't get to the line. He jacks a bunch of drees up. You know, he's too small, he's getting pushed around on defense. I I mean but, you know, he went down to the G League and he came back and he was looking a little better. Um I, yeah, I don't I gotta say, I don't I'm not in love with Poku. Um if he turns out to be the player that, you know, I keep hearing people say they think he's gonna be, especially coaches and other people around the organization, then you know, great. I'll take it, but I, am not going to call it. I, he doesn't excite me at all. Really. I mean, he, his shot blocking is pretty good. Um, You know, he's got size, seven feet tall, can handle, you know, pass and all that. I just, I don't know. It, it's tough for me to see him being a good player right now for sure.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of people have seen, you know, sort of the highlights of him and then they kind of take that away as that's the player he's going to be. And, as you said, at the beginning of the year, he was really, really inconsistent to to say the least. And he's a developmental prospect for sure. And then one guy, I just caught a few Thunder games on League Pass um, here and there. I'm not necessarily watching the Thunder every game. I I can put my hand up, I admit to that. But (laughs) one guy in the early season that kind of caught my eye, um, Isaiah Roby. He wasn't necessarily the best player on the court and he didn't demand the ball all the time, but every time he got the ball he seemed to do something you know good with it and then he would miss a layup at the rim or miss an easy shot (laughs) yeah Uh, what have you seen out of Isaiah Roby is he someone you think that could eventually be in the rotation for the Thunder
1: you know I yeah I've liked what I've seen from him so far now I don't know if that's because he's getting a ton of opportunity um or you know if he's actually good but you know, when he first started getting minutes, you know, he was a, like a power forward. he was playing center for Horford when he was out, and I was like, okay, well, let's see what's, ha-, you know, let's see what he's got, and, um, you know, he would step out and shoot threes, and, you know, he knocked a couple in, and I was like, okay, he can shoot some threes, and then, you know, he was dribbling a little bit better than I thought, like, he was pretty mobile, like, he would drive from the three-point line, and, you know, he's got a couple and ones that I saw, and I was like, okay, you know, he's, he's got a little bit of something there. Um, one thing that I don't like about our team that I've noticed when I, I watched a lot of games in the beginning of the year. Um, you know, and I haven't, I've been following it, but I haven't been watching as much. And uh, one thing I've seen a lot is like, if a guy, you know, will make some passes and a guy's open at the three point line or something like Baisley or Roby, they'll sit there and they won't shoot it off the catch. And then like, you know, they get nervous or something. And then, and then they'll try to shoot on it. Like when somebody's there and it's like, it's, it's kind of frustrating, but I, I mean, young guys, um, that's kind of something you're going to see, but yeah, I mean, I've liked what I've seen from him so far. Um, as far as guys I think may get rotation spots, I mean, other than Dorton Shea, which they haven't locked up, I think. Um, I think Baisley has a chance. I don't love him right now, and you know Thunder fans cringe when I say that <laughs> because, I mean, everybody on Twitter's loving him, but um, I don't love him, uh, but he has a chance. Uh, Maladon, he was really – you could tell he was nervous early in the year. Um, but he's really coming to his own. He's a lot more comfortable. Um, I think he has a chance. Uh, Roby, is another one. I don't love the guy, but he's shown some flashes, and I think he can if he rounds it out. Um, Moses Brown's another one. Um, yeah, the rest of the guys, I think they're just kind of flyers. Um, Ty Jerome I like, um, but uh, I'm not sure if he's you know, going to round it out or not. But, yeah, those are some of the guys I think may have a chance at a rotation spot. But, you know, we
0: have all these picks, so we'll see. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting position to be in where you've got all these young guys, um, developmental guys, but you can actually play them in NBA games and kind of see what you have, at least see if there's something there. Um, Not all teams get that luxury. They usually have to send those players to the G League and put them on 10-day contracts and hope it works out. But it's a little bit different in Oklahoma City these days. We mentioned SGA. Where would you see SGA in terms of guards in the NBA right now? Um, I did a list as I was going through some of the players, as far as who's a star, who's a superstar, and who's yeah. sort of a role player going forward. And I really struggled with SGA. He was one of the ones yeah. that I really had to take a look at and see his overall game. And I ended up saying star for now, but he does have that superstar potential. Where do you see SGA in the terms of guards in the NBA?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, can I ask? Uh. Can I ask you like who was um. Your list, you have it like, uh, what were you thinking on that? Uh, as far as like your how you
0: classified guys and yeah, like well, my main <laughs> thing is it a little bit of it is definitely statistics and then right. overall offensive and defensive game. And then also, when I think of a superstar, I think of a guy that you know, if you traded for him on your team, and actually, ironically, the team I used was the Oklahoma City Thunder, so I used a yeah. guy like, um. Let me think of a bona fide superstar like LeBron James or Kevin Durant. If I just, for argument's sake, place them on the Oklahoma City Thunder roster at the beginning of this year, and I just do that swap and I swap teams, would they be able to at least make that team competitive and make them, you know, a bottom of the, maybe a play-in game playoff team at the very least? Okay. So, yeah, kind of a superstar that can have that impact and that if that team were to win a championship or go to the finals like the Miami Heat last year um would they be that number 1 or number 2 option
1: okay yeah um i do think shay can get there for sure and you know i was i thought his numbers especially his percentages were going to be a little rough this year especially being like the only real kind of known talent on our team but he i mean before he got injured man he was I think his numbers were like 24 a game. Um, I know he was shooting over 40% from three. Um, I'm pretty sure his field goal percentage was really high. It was – I think it was around 50. Um, And he was – I mean, he was averaging five or six assists, which, I mean, it would have been 10 if we had some more talent. Um, I mean, his percentages were great. His numbers were great, even on a bad team. And, you know, that might just be, you know, good player, bad team thing. Like, but – I do think he has a chance to be a superstar um, in this league. I I think you can mention him in those names like if we're talking young guys like Trey Young um, and J and uh, John ja Morant. Um, I think he I think he will. Um, I think we just have to surround him with the right pieces and you know get him some help. Obviously. Um, and I think Cade would be great for that. On another note, but yeah, I I don't I say right now he's probably he's a star and I think he he will have he has a pretty good chance to jump up to that superstar uh
0: tier there for sure. Yeah, that's, that's where I landed pretty much with Shay. I really like his game. I really like his overall game. I like his length. I like his height. So a guy like Trey young, which you mentioned, I I ended up putting him as a star. I know that's going to piss off a lot of Hawks (laughs) fans because they're all on the Trey young train, but I just, I don't believe in a guy like Trey young leading a team through the playoffs to the finals. And that's kind of where I separate stars from superstars um, I just think, you know, his height, that's not everything in the NBA, yeah. but that does have a lot to do with it. I, I just don't uh, yeah. see him. Um, uh, sorry, I'm being cut off, but no, um, you're good. Go for it.
1: Yeah. I was very young. This is my opinion. I think it's fairly accurate, but with him, I mean, he, I think there's a couple of things you got to think about. One is defense defense, um, he can't go to chair. Like if you put it in front of, I, you know, I don't think he could <laughs> that's, that's a, that's thing you got to understand about him. Like now, can he get better? Yeah. But we don't usually see that. I mean, and he's, they, his usage rate is through the roof and he's running everything on that offense. So, um, I think that's a big piece and you have to surround him with, you know, defensive minded players. And I think they've made a mistake. You know, they paid a lot for Gallinari. Who's an old guy who's injury prone. Um, I, I forget what his deal was, but it was, uh, off the top of my head, I think it was around three or four years, like $60 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that was way too much, I think. Um, But you, you have to surround this guy with, like, really good defensive players, and I think they've done that. You know, Capella was a great add, I think. Um, I like DeAndre Hunter a lot, and he was showing real strides this year until, you know, he's having knee problems this year, Um. And uh, I think that, that's a good starting place. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with John Collins. But um, I, I you have to surround him with defensive players. And you have to – they kind of have to do the Curry thing with him and, like, put together a good team defense, like have him guard the worst offensive player, you know. But he also needs to get competent on that end of the floor because it's he's the worst defender in the league, and it's not even close.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a two-way game. And you mentioned Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you know, famously in the finals has struggled a little bit. And I I think we see kind of why with Trey Young, some of a lot of the same things when the defense tightens up in the playoffs. And then also, you know, you get a little, you get away with a little bit more fouling. Typically they let you play a little bit more when it comes to late playoff games and finals and things of that nature. So, you know, Trey Young could definitely make me eat my words this postseason. The Hawks (laughs) have been playing pretty well as of late and I could look like an idiot in two weeks, but um, I just I just don't believe in it and like you said he he doesn't play any defense um, even if he were able to just develop you know a little bit quicker hands kind of like Steph Curry's Steph yeah. Curry's not the best on-ball defender in the world uh, by yeah. any stretch but at least he can get some deflections make some steals oh, yeah. fast breaks that sort of thing
1: yeah I mean with the Hawks though I mean I think what are they fifth I mean right now they're gonna end up playing the Knicks and I don't that's gonna be a fun series, but I think the Knicks would get them for sure. Um, it's, I mean the Hawks have so many injuries too. It's, I mean they're beat up for sure. So,
0: yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and I they'll definitely throw everything at Trey Young with Tom Thibodeau and that defensive scheme that they have there in New York. Um, before we get off the Thunder though, I do want to ask you. Thunder slash Supersonics, who are your favorite nostalgic players of all time? Doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the top tier players, but who are some of the favorite players you think of when I ask you that question?
1: That's a great one. Um, number one is Russ. Um, I just, I I love Russ, man. I, I'm a guy who like, I'm kind of a little bit old school, but a little bit new school too. Like I, loyalty is a big thing for me. Like um, guys now are moving around so much. It's nice to see. Guys want to play in the same spot like Lillard and Curry and stuff. Um, but Russ, man, I just I love Russ. I mean, people have called me an apologist before because I, I mean, I've I got friends, you know, we've argued for hours about it. Um, he's just he's amazing, man. We haven't seen a point guard this athletic. I mean, Rose would have been there, but you know the injuries. Um, and you know that the numbers are crazy. Um, everybody gives him crap for that triple double stuff, all these badness stats to to or whatever. And but it's like you know like he I think he said it the other day you know if it was that easy like wouldn't everybody be doing it you know so um I he just he's everything I want in a player he wants to win um he hasn't had a lot of playoff success but I don't think that's all on him um you know and he gives you a hundred percent every game he doesn't sit unless he's hurt you know I just I love everything about Russ um that's that number one for sure um Harden and Durant I don't really like anymore um you know, Durant really rubbed me the wrong way with that golden state move. And then, you know, even that he left golden state and, you know, he's like, Oh, you can't, that offense isn't going to work in the playoffs. And it's like, dude, y'all won what, how many titles? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and you are the best team in the league, like I, he's rubbed me the wrong way and, um, Harden I don't like either. It's not really in the same way as Durant. I just, you know, when he went to Houston, his whole transformation, I, you know, I don't really like his, the way he plays. Um, but as far as guys, I like, um, Adams is another one for me. I, I loved Steven Adams, man. He was, he was awesome. Uh, Didn't care. He, you know, he didn't care about his own numbers. He just wanted to win. Same type of guy uh, like Russ. Um, You know, he was funny. He was always having fun and having fun with it. He was, he was a great guy to have. Uh, Let's see who else. Um, Cantor I liked pretty good. Um, He wasn't there too long, but I always liked him uh Ibaka is another good one I liked um we drafted the guy took a chance and he ended up being a really good player um I think he averaged like four blocks a game one year um that was crazy um as far as Sonics guys I mean that's I mean he's not a great player but I mean Collison has been with us for <laughs> they retired his number I think that was I mean he wasn't a great player at all but it's like the guy's been there for you know 20 plus years um and all that yeah I mean I'm trying to think. I mean, back to that was Sonics days was a long time
0: ago. Um, I don't know if anybody pops in your mind that I'm forgetting about from that team. Uh, no, I was going to mention Nick Collison because um, I'm from Missouri and Kansas. I've lived okay. in those yeah. two states most of my life. And Nick Collison and Kirk Heinrich, those Kansas teams. And then Kirk Heinrich didn't really have a long NBA career, but he did have a solid NBA okay. career. And then Nick Collison, like you mentioned, just. Stuck around the league, was never great, um, kind of <laughs> yep. came off the bench his whole career, but, you know, he was what he was, and he was solid for the Sonics and the Thunder. And then also, um, with the Sonics, I definitely think of that Rashard Lewis and Ray mm. Allen team. That's another one, yeah. yeah. And then also a random, a really random guy besides Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and Detlef yeah. Shrimp and those, you know, really all-star players was – do you remember – this may be before your time, but Flip Murray, he had like a random, mm. random stretch in an NBA season where he just, he just went off for like 30 points for two weeks in a row, and then he never <laughs> did anything in the NBA ever again.
1: Oh yeah, I, that name, yeah. Um, I don't think I ever watched him, but that name, yeah, I know that name.
0: Yeah, that was, mm. that was,
1: that was crazy for sure. Yeah, Ray Allen and uh Lewis, that was, I remember that. Yeah, that was, those were good times too. I mean, Lewis, I mean, people for like. forget how good he really was you know everybody remembers him on the magic and stuff like that but he was he was a great player and Ray Allen man just saying that name like he really has had like you know three like separate careers where he like transformed his game where he could be like you know when he was with Milwaukee and he was like the athletic guy and he could still score like he was like dunking on people and stuff and then you know, a little bit of that with the Sonics, and he was kind of, and then, you know, once he got to Boston, it was, like, this dude's, like, a knockdown shooter, like, you know, he kind of, he was always a knockdown shooter, but it's, like, he kind of transformed into that, like, spot-up guy, and he was still doing that with Miami, so it's, like, he had a great career, man, he really wasn't, like, ever, there was never, like, a bad version of him, like, you know, even in Miami, like, he was still, you know, a great player, and obviously that shot was huge, Um,
0: and, you know, he's, He's one of the all time greats for sure. Yeah, Ray Allen is definitely, I think, from the early two thousands, late two thousands, early two thousands, probably one of the most underrated players. Like you mentioned, he came in as Jesus Shuttlesworth and he was mm-hmm. he could score and he could dunk over people, he could shoot it over people, he could really do it all, and you know, he ended up, a lot of a lot of the younger fans probably just remember him for the shot in Miami, and yep. you know, he was knocking down threes in Miami, and wasn't doing much else, he kind of, he was a little bit older then, didn't have his athleticism, but he could still shoot it with the best of them, but oh, yeah. look up those early Ray Allen highlights and those early Ray Allen seasons, mm-hmm. you'll see he was if he came up in the game today, you know, he'd be a Completely different player, and he'd probably be one of the best scorers in the league for sure.
1: That's yeah. I mean, you know, if you told a kid that he was, you know, athletic, you know, and was dunking on people, they probably wouldn't believe you, you know. (laughs) But um, that's the thing with Nick Collison too. Like, if you ask people, like, you know, is it or if they saw his NBA career, like, he's he's all right, you know. And then you forget he was like Mr. Basketball in Kansas, and like, (laughs) you know, he's he's a Jayhawk, and he's like, you know, he had his, you know, he was obviously good. Like, so
0: that's yeah, he. He was like one of the best players. Him and Kirk Heinrich were some of the best players in college basketball when they played, and, and then they came into the league. Weren't, you know didn't quite translate, but definitely great college basketball players. Um, and then we mentioned Russell Westbrook. I do want to get a little bit of more conversation on Russell Westbrook. How do you feel uh, about how we look at Russell Westbrook's career as he's ending his prime here? Um, over this last couple seasons, he was in Houston. Now he's in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, he's get he's getting a lot of trash. People are trashing on him yep. a lot. Um, kind of coming back now that the Wizards are playing a little bit better and should be mm-hmm. in the play-in game. But what do you think about Russell Westbrook? Is it deserved? Is it not deserved? Yeah, I may.
1: Uh, I apologize if I go on a little bit of a uh, soliloquy or rant here. I just um, I think he gets hate that's not really deserved um and he's obviously my favorite player so there's a little bias but i try to be as real as i can um you know one thing i hate is like the guy gives you everything you know he wants to win that's all he wants to do and you know everyone's like oh well he's padding his stats you know and all you know one argument i don't like is like you know when he was younger and you know they were like oh KD should be shooting more and all this he should be passing more um and then you know KD leaves, and he does, you know, his assist numbers, like, skyrocket. And, you know, that's what everybody was saying about him. He's a pass more, like, all this. And then he does it, and then everyone's like, oh, well, no, he just he's not good enough. He needs to shoot at the end of the games. He's not clutch. It's like, you can't have it both ways there, like, you know what I mean? Like, you were saying he's not a good passer, and he's not a good teammate, you know, when he does that. But now, you know, and he tries to do that, but then you're saying he's not good enough to – win at the end of games and he can't you know it's like I just I think he gets a lot of undeserved hate um I think a lot of that comes from playoff success I mean a lot of a lot of casuals will point to that and um you know he doesn't have a title he doesn't have playoff success um and all that but I other I mean here's what I I, what I argue with people about a lot is other than his three-point shooting you know and carelessness at times not really I mean what is there that you can point that he doesn't, you know, really do? I mean, the guy's just a winner. He's a gamer. Um, he's, this is what, this is going to be, I think the fourth year he's had was a triple double. I mean, I just, I don't know, I think he gets a lot of undeserved hate and especially in the playoffs. I mean, if you think about it like that, that first finals, I mean, they were all young. It was their like first playoff run. Um, and you know, they're going up against LeBron James and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's not a good recipe there. Um, you know, and the next couple times, I mean that three one was bad for sure. Um I don't know you can blame it all on Russ, but they do. Um and then, you know, when when he won the MVP in what, sixteen, seventeen, I think. Uh, you know, and we had Oladipo and guys like Abrinas and Adam, like it, the team wasn't great and we ran and you know we played Houston in the first round, I think, that year. Um, you know, they were giving him shit for that. He can't win in the playoffs. Uh and then, you know, the Paul George years, uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, that first Utah series, I think Paul George was, like, I don't know the exact shooting, but he went, like, two for 16 or something, Um, and Melo was really bad. And I think Russ had, like, 44 in that closeout game, and then people were getting on him, like, you shoot too much, because I think he shot, like, 40 shots or something. And then I just remember, like, talking to people, and they were, like, oh, he shoots way too much, y'all can't win like that. And it's like, well, what do you want the guy to do? Like, you know, Paul George and Melo were missing. He was giving them looks, and uh, they were just missing their shots. And then he's trying to shoot to get them back in the game. Like, I mean, I don't really know what you want him to do. And then, you know, obviously the, the uh, Dame Dollar one was – that was – oh, my gosh. That was a crazy shot, man. I remember watching that live, and I was like, that's going to go in, and it dropped. And, <laughs> you know, I just – man. I mean, and Paul George was hurt, and, you know – I just I don't think he's had the greatest of luck and obviously he could do probably a little bit more to win but I think he gets a bad rap for sure. Um I think he's a I think he's an all-time great point guard and um, he's iconic he's going to be iconic. Like people are going to remember him. Um and I think he has an argument for top 10 point guard of all time. Um I, I I know Scott Brooks said the other day like top 2, but I mean I don't think that's, you know, right, but I think he's got an argument for top 10 for sure.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that's fair. Um, we see a, a lot with NBA players, not every NBA star, but a lot of NBA stars, when they first come into the league and they overachieve. Like I remember when Westbrook was drafted, everybody was scratching their heads, kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good prospect, but he wasn't even the best player on that UCLA team. With I think yeah. it was Darren Collison was on that same team. And yeah. people were kind of scratching their heads. And then he came into the league, he just, he plays so hard, which is, it's a weird thing because NBA fans are like, oh, you know, I'll use Andrew Wiggins, for example. Oh, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, you know, he, he <laughs> never tries, he's never going to be a good NBA player. And then you get a guy like Westbrook, and it's like all he does is go hard every time yeah. he's on the court, um, give his all, and then player, everybody's like, oh, he's just stat padding. So it's a little yeah. weird you know you overachieve and people love you and then you don't win a title within that you know two to three year window and everybody wants to trash you all yeah
1: and uh, you know I I don't like when fans say oh he's a bad teammate And but ask anybody who's who's played with him Paul George has said it like um Beal's been the most recent example of that he's come out and say he's a great teammate to have I mean I don't know I I think he really gets a bad rap for sure um and I mean that houston year i mean he was playing center for them they were i don't know what they were trying to do but mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean they i mean that didn't work out and you know obviously the Wizards are not a contender but i mean he's got them fighting and winning i mean they're gonna be i wouldn't want to see them in that playing game for sure um i don't know i'm probably forgetting some stuff i usually say about Westbrook, but i i don't know i just I love the guy, and, I mean, I would take him on my team any day of the week. Um, I think a lot of people just get caught up in the whole Curry thing, which, I mean, obviously he's better, and he's he's a great player for sure, and, you know, I would take him as well. But I just – I think he gets such a bad rap um, for no reason, and I don't know why. But, I mean, he's just one of the most hated guys. You either hate him or love him, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's one of those players you either hate or love. Would you rather see him – as he comes toward the end of his career here, I'm not calling it over by any stretch, but he's coming towards the end of his career. He's probably got three or four mm-hmm. solid years left in him. Would you rather see him on a team like Washington, try to take them over the top, a young team, but he puts up a lot of stats, gets a lot of shots, or would you rather see him maybe get traded to a contender or sign with a contender and try to get a title?
1: Um, Yeah, that's tough. I think... Let me say um, – let me start by saying I think either way he's going to get some shit. Um, you know, if he stays with Washington, it's saying, like, oh, he puts up these numbers, but he can't win, even though, you know, literally all they have is Beal and Westbrook. Um, but if he goes to a contender, you know, um, if even – if if he does win a title, which I'd love to see, but, like, if he does, people are going to be like, oh, he couldn't do it by himself and all that. So, I mean, I, mean, I think that's important to say. But uh, for preference, I think – I mean, I don't know. I – Washington, I don't think, is a place where he's going to get that title done unless they do some major overhaul to this roster Um, because they, I mean, Hachimura is cool, but they, I mean, they're not going to be winning any titles. Um, But that's the thing. It's like he he loves being that loyal guy, and he will stick it out, you know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, a contender I guess where he can go. I know Miami was interested when we were uh trying to trade him uh, you know, a year ago. Um I don't know if any other teams would have been interested in that. Um I think Miami would be a great I mean that's kind of has his like, you know, his identity written all over it um the heat, you know, the heat culture. Uh you know, I know he's from LA but I mean I don't I don't see him going to the Clippers, or the Lakers uh, or anything like that. Um I'd love to see him get a title for sure. Um I think that would shot a lot of lot of people up um I mean some would still be talking about it but I definitely like to see him get a title I just don't know where that would be um
0: so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens with this career as it it sort of rounds out here he'll definitely get a lot of shots get a lot of rebounds get a lot of assists no matter (laughs) where he is but hopefully like you said he ends up at some point getting a title and he's actually playing on the team and not just sitting on the end of the bench. That'd be oh, best yeah. case scenario. And then before I let you go, I do want to get um, some thoughts from you for the end of the season awards. So we've oh, got yeah. the MVP award. That's definitely the biggest one. Um, who is your front runner for the MVP award?
1: Yeah. Um, I actually probably a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was arguing for a bead. Um, he, he's been dominant and, he does it on both ends of the floor, and their team was first in the East. Um, but I think, you know, I got a buddy, and uh, he he loves Jokic, and he's all about Jokic. And, you know, I was I was arguing hard for me, and then you know I kind of I think I shifted and changed my mind a little bit. I mean, Denver, I mean, Jokic is he's amazing. I that we have not seen a guy, especially a center, like that. I mean, and now that they've they've ballooned up to third in the West, I mean. Sh- Jokic is, uh, I I think his numbers are like 26, 11, and 9 with almost a 50-40-90. Like that's, I mean, that's insane. Uh, that's like Larry Bird type stuff there. I mean, especially at the center position. So I think, um, you know, I think Embiid and Jokic are the front runners, and I they they will probably end up giving it to Jokic, um, because of the whole missed time and a lot of everybody's missed time. I think Jokic has played all every game. Um but yeah, I, I think I've shifted my mind to Jogic, but I think him and Embiid are pretty close. Um and I just want to mention a couple other guys. I think uh I think Paul should get some more love. Chris Paul, I mean, you know, he just he came everywhere he goes it gets better. Like last year with us, nobody thought we had a chance in hell to do anything and we took huge in the seven games, should have won it. Uh you know, he takes his Phoenix team who hasn't made the playoffs in what like 10 11 seasons and now they're what first in the west <laughs> second in the west so i mean he just his numbers aren't going to blow you away but i think he should be in that top five area for mvp voting um also julius randall he just the knicks man who knew the knicks were going to figure it out <laughs> i mean not me god they are fourth in the east and they tibbs has got them playing and randall's having a great year i mean you know, and you know there was some rumors going around that stars are kind of like, hey, the Knicks are back, maybe that's a good place to go play. So maybe they'll figure it out, but I think Randall's in that conversation for sure. And then obviously, I think Curry on this run is he may end up leading the league in scoring. Him and Beal are going to fight for that, but he's pulling the Warriors out of the depths by himself. So um, I think those are the guys. And I would definitely probably, if I had a vote, I would probably I've I think I've changed my mind to Jokic.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you, and. The easy out for everybody is going to be, you know, beads missed games, like you mentioned. Yeah. So everybody's going to point to that. And Jokic is definitely, definitely the front runner right now. And I think anybody that doesn't vote for him, you know, maybe should have their vote revoked because that's just <laughs> craziness. And like you mentioned, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, I, I imagine they'll get some votes, probably end up in fourth or fifth place. Um, you've got Giannis as well. Oh, having yeah, an underrated season, yeah. but I don't think Giannis minds at all being in the not being in the spotlight, sort of focus. <laughs> yeah, on
1: that's him. um, that's one guy I forgot to mention. Giannis, I he's one, of, he's probably outside of Westbrook, is probably my favorite superstar right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of, I mean, it's that voter fatigue thing. He's not gonna get, he's already gotten two, which and obviously he's deserving of. I mean, he's he's a great player. But, um, you know, LeBron should have, if we're talking real MVPs, he he should probably have like, you know, nine or ten of them. So, I mean, it's that vote of fatigue is going to keep him out of that. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would that's definitely a guy to mention for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm excited to see all these guys in the playoffs. I hope that, you know, some of the stars that are have some nagging injuries like LeBron, KD, Harden, uh, they all get right for the playoffs because that'll make it. Oh, you know yeah five times better if everybody's relatively as healthy as they can be going into the playoffs and that brings me to the finals discussion the playoff discussion who would you pick right now if you had to pick one team out of the east one team out of the West to meet in the finals
1: yeah um I uh, to answer that let me uh, I think I'll give you like my realistic expectations and then maybe kind of who I'm rooting for um out of the east um I I do like Brooklyn. It's just that their durability scares me. All right. Like my every time, you know, I hear Brooklyn Nets, it's like, can they put two months of basketball together? You know what I mean? Like Durant, I don't think he's put together five or six games in a row this year. Um, Harden's gonna be fine. He's just having a nagging hamstring thing. Um and you know, Kyrie's off doing god knows what. Um <laughs> but I they're if they can put it together, I think they'll be great for sure. Um their defense concerns me a little bit, but um i think they have a real shot philly i i i do not like philly i don't like them at all they're one of my least favorite teams but bringing in doc instead of um brett brown in that weird lineup they were running last year and bringing in doc has changed everything for them simmons and Embiid have been able to run together it looks good um you know they're they're such a weird team though because there's they're really great at home and on the road they're like so so um that's another one. And then Milwaukee, I think, uh, is another great shot. Uh, if I had to pick one, um, realistically, I think it's probably either going to be Philly or Brooklyn. Um, and then, but as far as rooting interest, I, I think I'll be rooting for Milwaukee uh, in the East. Um, for the West, uh, I, I'm not the biggest believer in Utah. Um, I think their best bet is to be like, the 2014 Spurs and kind of just that ball movement, you know, not really having a overwhelming superstar. Um, But Mitchell tends to, he's got a little bit of that hero ball in him. So I'm not sure if that's going to do them any well. Um, Phoenix, I like a lot actually, especially if the Lakers can stay at six because if they can stay at six or five and play the other LA team in the first round and then knock one of them out and then, You know, Phoenix doesn't have to see them to the West Finals. Then maybe uh, I think Phoenix has a great shot Um, for the West, though. Yeah, the Lakers if they get healthy, I'd probably pick them. Um, But as far as rooting interest, maybe Phoenix to see somebody new. Um, You know, uh, but I also think they have a great shot. Um, But yeah, I think the Lakers as long as they're healthy, they'll they'll be running through it. But that's that's a big
0: question mark. Yeah, and maybe I'm just biased, but I really think that the way all the teams are kind of laid out now with the play-in games and all the teams that are going to be involved. This could be one of the best playoffs just as yeah, a whole. Yeah,
1: I I love that this play-in had. thing for sure because it's like I said at the top. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't like tanking, so it's kind of, you know, eliminating a little bit of that like you only have like, you know, maybe seven or eight teams doing it now instead of like the whole, you know, like 10 through 15. So, I mean, I think it's great for the league. Um, you know, I know LeBron was saying he doesn't like it, but I think he's only saying that because, you know, he they might have to be in it now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think it's great for the league for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's just looking at all the teams that are in the race, um, you can make a legitimate argument for most of them to actually make a run. Some teams like, you know, Memphis, not necessarily. They're a little bit too early. You could even say that for the Mavericks, but then you have Luka on the Mavericks who can – pretty much do anything and you know, he can drag them to the finals if need be. So you could really make a legit argument for a lot of these teams.
1: Yeah, Dallas I wouldn't pick. I mean, just I mean, Luca has the ball like every play and it's like, you know, he's like, you know, they got everybody else. Like you're standing over here, you're here. It's like I mean I I don't know. I I don't really trust him. But yeah, I mean Luca's great for sure. He and you know, if he does it then that would be awesome. But like a one man show, but um, I don't know that they were, are gonna do anything, but yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be fun for sure. Um, Denver, I think with Murray out, that'll hurt them a lot. But you know, uh, I'm excited to see what Phoenix does. Uh, I mean, Booker's first playoffs this year. I mean, so I mean, if he shows out, that'd be cool. Um, definitely, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I like this
0: playing setup for sure. Yeah, we'll get to see a lot of new faces in the playoffs, which is gonna be nice for a change. A lot of those same old faces but a lot of new faces mm-hmm. as well. Oh, Trey yeah. Young. You know, it's time it's time to prove me wrong. We get to see Trey Young. <laughs> You're in not the a Trey Young fan. Yeah. Uh, oh.
1: I'm to OU you guys. So you gotta watch out. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. He's cool. So buddy healed guy as well, I assume.
1: Yeah, I mean I um I like those guys pretty good. Um for sure. I uh definitely OU, um that was more of like a football thing because you know when i was a kid i remember watching ap uh, run wild over there and um and that got me loving o- oklahoma and um and then he got you know ap went to my favorite nfl team the vikings so that was that kind of worked out well so uh but yeah i mean trey young's great i i do. it's just that defense man i is terrible and then they got to – I do like what they have though so we'll see but buddy hill's been uh, it's so hard to talk about him because he's on the Kings. Like, yeah, I mean, the Kings are just oh my God, and they got him back in that Cousins trade, which was awful. And I mean, I don't know. The Kings are a nightmare. Sheesh.
0: Yeah, and surprisingly, I looked at the standings today. I think they're on a four or five game winning streak, and they're only a couple games out of that tenth spot. So oh, realistically, boy. they could be in the play on un- play in games. <laughs> But I don't think they're gonna end up doing yeah, it. Yeah, it's realistically, oh, just given how their season's gone and how forgotten they are, um, the fact that they're even close to it is kinda astounding to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I man, my brother's actually a Kings fan, so uh you know, I just man, I I don't really know what to say about them except they just I don't know why they
0: can't figure this out, but I mean, yeah, that Marvin Bagley pick really, really hurt them and set them back in such a talented draft to waste the number two pick like that.
1: He's just been so hurt, though. I think if he would have been healthy, it might have worked out. But he's been injured so long.
0: Yeah, we'll see. You're two years from being two years away. Kings fan (laughs) as usual. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So before I get you out of here, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you give me a hot take? It can be present, past, can be a player, mm. coach, team, anything you want to throw out there. A hot take. Mm. Well,
1: I mm, let's see. I'm not the biggest Harden fan, so I think, you know, a lot of people like him, so I think I should go this direction. Um Let's see. I don't oh, man. He's going to go down as an all-time great, but I, I really don't think he's as good as we think. Um, because I, he has when Houston, uh, he had the ball so much like, um, he, and, you know, I never heard about this whole gather step rule until, you know, he was in Houston and then they're like, Oh yeah, you can, you get this gather step thing. Like, what is that? Like, you know, I've never, um, I mean, I just, I don't like Harden really. Um, I think he gets a lot of you know bullshit foul calls throwing his head back um that really aren't fouls uh and I think he gets away with a lot of stuff that you know most people wouldn't get away with uh for sure kicking his legs out on jumpers uh taking extra steps stuff like that um yeah I just I don't know I that's not really a hot take um trying to think I'm not sure let's see uh Hmm. That's really tough one. Do I mean, do you have like something that you would think is a hot take or I'm not, I'm not going to jump off you. I just, I was kind of maybe spark something in my mind or, um,
0: no, I mean, I can't think of one right now off the top of my head. You mentioned Harden and I'm, I'm kind of flip flopped on Harden a little bit. I used to not like watching him play for a yeah. lot of the reasons you mentioned in Houston. You know, he kind of gamed the system. He's not necessarily the most talented, you know, physical player in the world with all the physical skills that you want out of an NBA player. But he kind of figured out the system um, of shooting threes a lot more at a higher volume and then drawing fouls. And that kind of bumps your scoring average up a little bit. And now that I'm older and I'm sort of in the old man rec league, I'm I'm starting to (laughs) respect that a little more. Yeah, I think he
1: he would still average 25 for sure without that, but, or, uh, you know, it'd be 20 plus, but I don't know. I just, especially in Houston now, now in Brooklyn, he doesn't do as much of it because, you know, they they have to share the rock a little bit, but I don't know, man, he was taking those step backs with like three extra steps, kicking his legs out when guys would come near him. Um, And, you know, he would throw his head back and the ref would see that and immediately put air in the whistle. Um, I just think he got a lot of crap and, you know, and then all this, you know, I really had never heard of that gather step thing until, you know, everyone started talking about his step back.
0: Um sorry you know what's crazy th- is you mentioned the step back. He kind of changed basketball as a whole, because if you go to any pickup game or any rec league in America right now, there's going to be some <laughs> teenager yep. or some middle aged kid <laughs> doing a hardened step back. And it's like everybody does it mm-hmm. now. And he kind of invented that little step back
1: yeah I remember I was playing I I love playing so I play a lot um now during COVID I haven't been doing as much of that because you know I'm not trying to get sick but I remember about probably, probably a year ago we were playing at the regular spot and this guy came out and man it was the most boring game ever he was isolating every damn time and he was doing that he was doing exactly that dribble 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 step back pull and I was like, oh my God, we're really in the <laughs> like are we? Yeah. is this a Rockets game? Like what are we doing here? But um yeah, I was thinking of one um I can't take full credit, but my buddy was talking about we were talking about Minnesota the other day and uh he was saying that he thinks uh that uh he was comparing them with uh what team was it? Um it was uh, it was either like Orlando or uh I think it might have been Charlotte. He was saying that Minnesota, they won't even make the playoffs or something like that before, like, Charlotte wins a title or something. I, it was something along this line. It was basically ragging Minnesota, how they're not going to, um, you know, we were talking about how they're not going to probably be able to even make a playoff run before some of these other teams like them will have a chance. <laughs> um, yeah, they've kind of messed that up over there and uh, up there
0: in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I think they'll get another full year Um, come next year um, after Carl Anthony Towns. You know, he missed a lot of this season with COVID and family issues. And he had a lot of people, a lot of tragedies in his family. So it's been a weird season for them. I think they'll give him the full go next season. And then after that, you know, if they still struggle next season and they're not even close to the playoffs again, we might see them do a Oklahoma City Thunder full reset. (laughs) Yeah, but I just...
1: I think they, I think they have a great starting point with Ant
0: Edwards, D'Lo,
1: and Cat. I just, they don't, they don't do a good job of building a team. Uh, they don't know how to build a roster around guys at all. Um, I think that's a huge problem. I don't, I don't know if they have a new GM or not, but they need to figure something out for sure. And uh, yeah, on that hot take thing, I was thinking, you know. Luke is great. He's a great player, but I mean, I don't know. I'm starting to, I'm starting to go the other way on him. Cause I mean, I don't know if you've seen any Dallas games, but I mean, he's got, I think he's got what 15 techs and he, he, he whines after every call. It is crazy. He'll drive. They won't give it to him. He's throwing his hands up, not playing any defense. It's, I mean, it is every call. I don't, I mean, I, I don't think he,
0: I don't know. You you think he's going to win a title as the main guy or? Oh yeah. Well, I'm on. I'm big on the Luca train, but I will agree with you on that. Um, he's got to tone that down a little bit. LeBron, he complains a lot too, but he sort of picks mm. his spots a little bit. Mm. He doesn't complain necessarily after every call, even though he gets hacked a lot more than oh, yeah. people realize. Every time he goes to the rim, he pretty much gets hacked by somebody. Um, so he does have some gripes there, but. Luca, for sure. I think the real pressure starts for Luca next year. This year, you know, they're a playoff team. They're a solid team, but nobody's expecting them to make a run at the finals or anything. But next year, uh, uh, they're going to bring somebody in in free agency or a trade. They're going to have some cap space, Um, pair them with Luca, and they're probably going to have to keep KP, even if, you know, it's not the best fit in the world. mm -hmm. But Luca, KP, and then a third solid player there. Um, there's going to be some pressure to actually start winning in the playoffs and making a run at the finals.
1: Yeah. I really like that combination of Porzingis and, uh, Doncic. I just, KP has transferred his game so much to like, he's almost like a better version of, uh, now. Like he, he just, he kind of hangs out out there and jacks up threes and who get the occasional block shot? He just he used to do so much more, and I guess I don't know if he's worried about his legs because of all those injuries or or what. But I mean, yeah, I think they gotta they gotta do something about putting something around Luca a little more for sure. Um, but yeah, I was you know another hot take thing came to mind. Uh, now I'm not saying I'm gonna put my name on it, but Tatum and Brown, do they ever win a title?
0: Uh, I would lean. I would lean towards um i would lean towards no right now,
1: yeah um that's tough i mean they've what they've made is it what two or three east finals uh already um i think that's encouraging, but they've they've had the revolving door of point guards um and uh i don't know i that's tough um i think they they can i think but it's not looking good, right? You know these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've they've been so hot and cold, mostly cold this season. Um, they were they were one of my picks. They were my preseason pick to make a run at the finals. I really liked what they put around uh, oh, yeah. Tatum. I expected Tatum to make a leap, and then you know they kind of let me down a little bit. So I think we'll he see. has. It's yeah, but yeah. I mean, they they've had one thing I will say
1: in their defense is they've had a lot of injuries, and they haven't had their whole. You know they haven't had Kemba Smart, Tatum Brown all together for that long. Um, and then the center is—they need to get Robert Williams more time. The Tristan Thompson thing is not working out. But yeah, I mean,
0: they've had some bad luck for sure. But yeah, they're not also not helping themselves. Yeah, for sure. And my hot take would definitely be now that I think about it, and I'm thinking about the playoffs is. Miami Heat. I'm, I'm just gonna pick them to go the finals, or at least the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals. I'll say Eastern Conference Finals again. Just make yeah, a run at it.
1: Mm, that'll. Well, I think they're what seventh right now. Um. Yeah, I just they, they're kind of like Boston. They they haven't had everybody. Um, Oladipo's been out. Um, I do love what they have. I just, I mean, Heroes struggled a little bit this year. Um. I don't know. I I wouldn't pick that for sure, but uh. I don't know. I they did it last year, so we'll see. But I just uh, I think those top three are too tough. But they did beat Milwaukee last year, so.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Butler said, you know, just get into the playoffs, and he'll do the rest. So we'll we'll (laughs) see. We'll definitely get a chance to see that because it looks like they'll be in the playoff play-in game right now. Oh yeah, Jimmy, man, he's. You know, I was I was dead wrong last year. I got a buddy who's a Heat fan, and
1: I was like. Just adding him to that roster, because I didn't, you know, Duncan Robinson, Nolan, Hero, they all came out of nowhere. And I was like, dude, I don't don't see y'all going anywhere. And then they made the finals. So, (laughs) I mean, uh, so I was proven wrong for sure. But,
0: yeah, that's an interesting one
1: as well. Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't bet against him.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. A lot of interesting stories going into the playoffs. I thank you for coming on with me, and we'll definitely um, catch up, have you on a future episode here soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to be on, man. Just let me know. Awesome.
1: Westbrook, the hesitation. Oh, the monster jam by Russell Westbrook and
0: the foul. Oh, my gosh. I know it's not Sunday, JK. Me. Dip him and holy water. <laughs> Well, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the halftime community podcast you know a lot of people were looking at me and they were asking how are you going to follow up an interview with a legend an nba legend like alan iverson a no doubt hall of famer and i just look at the mirror i take a look at myself and i say we talked oklahoma city thunder we talked russell westbrook We really covered all our bases here. We definitively decided who are the stars, who are the superstars in the league, and we are geared up for the playoffs. So I'm happy about this one. I can definitely put my head in the pillow and sleep at night. With that being said, we're going to save the GOAT discussion for the playoffs because we really got to decide who is the GOAT here, and some guys might separate themselves in the playoffs. So we just got to wait and see with that. Thank you all for checking me out. Thank you for checking out the podcast, and I'll see you on the next episode.